Hello, I'm Nick Day. I'm the Programme Policy Lead for the National Medical Examiner System at NHS England and um, I'm here with Dr Alan Fletcher and Dr Susie Lishman uh, to talk about the uh, new statutory death certification process. There's a lot that's very similar to uh, the current arrangements but there are some important differences and we're going to highlight those in this podcast. So one thing I'm sure people will be interested in is Doctors who are going to be eligible to complete the medical certificate of cause of death. Now, earlier this year, the Department of Health commissioned a survey asking people what they thought of the different options and which doctors ought to be able to complete a medical certificate of cause of death and what time limits, if any, ought to be applicable in terms of having seen the patient before they died. Can we talk about that and how we think that wider group of doctors completing MCCDs will be able to help improve things for, for bereaved people and for and what will it mean for doctors on the front line? Thank you, Nick. Uh, the first thing to say is that nothing has changed in so far as it must be a doctor who completes the MCCD and that they ha must have attended the deceased before their death. Um, primary legislation to include another healthcare practitioner is for another day. It must be a doctor. The new legislation provides for a doctor completing the medical certificate if they have attended the deceased at any time before their death, which is a difference to the 28-day rule currently. But there are two really important points. The first is that, that debt, if they're going to complete the medical certificate of cause of death, as they do now, the cause of death must be determinable and natural. I think that this will be most helpful for primary care cases, personally, because it will avoid the need for uh, a coroner notification to overcome the 28-day requirement currently. And it could involve, for example, another GP. If the, uh, the most recent GP is, is unavailable to complete the medical certificate, or possibly even a relevant hospital doctor if some a patient was, for example, recently discharged to a care home. What do we think the safeguards are? If any doctor can complete an MCCD, um, what, what do you think of the safeguards in the new system and how those will operate? So in the new system, all deaths in England and Wales will be subject to independent review, either by a medical examiner or the coroner. So that's the first safeguard. Um, and the notification of death regulations of 2019 are still in place. And so any doctor who's aware that a coroner needs to be notified of the death still has a legal duty to do so. That hasn't changed. And the attending practitioner who writes the medical certificate of cause of death must still have attended the deceased at some point and be able to give the cause of death to the best of their knowledge and belief. And that's really important. This is not about getting people who do not know the cause of death to make one up. This is about people who know the cause of death, but previously may not have been able to write the certificate because of the attendance rules. So by removing that rule, it means that a doctor who knows the cause of death and knows that it does not need to be referred to the coroner is able to issue the certificate. Um, Medical examiners, being independent of the care provided, will continue to speak to bereaved people, giving them the opportunity to raise concerns about care and ask any questions they may have about death. So these are all the safeguards that are in place. 
um, to ensure that the integrity of death certification is maintained and in fact improved over the current system. Thanks, Susie. Agree with all of that. I think it really is important to emphasise that the, when we say that any doctor may complete an MCCD, that doesn't mean any doctor who has not attended the deceased. The attendance is critically important. And as we understand it, the medical examiner will also have to sign to the best of their knowledge of belief as well, which is an additional layer of um, safeguarding that wasn't there previously. That, sign, that signature is important as well, Nate. That signature is important because it is a declaration. It's a statutory declaration that they are confirming that to the best of their knowledge and belief. So it really is important that they are, everyone is confident about the cause of death that they're signing. I agree. I think this is a, an important new change and one that medical examiners, um, it's important that they understand. So the medical certificate of cause of death, which has traditionally been signed by the attending doctor who was taking legal responsibility for what was written on there, will now be signed by the medical examiner as well, again, to the best of their knowledge and belief. So, you know, medical examiners must only sign that certificate if they are confident about the information that's written on it. Going back to, to how this will help doctors in the front line, and Alan, you, you said you thought it would help colleagues in primary care. Can we sort of give a bit more of a, a flavour for how that will work and, and examples of, of cases which might now um, not have to go to the coroner because the doctor can complete the MCCD? Yes, thanks, Nick. Well, for example, a person who is well known to a GP with a known condition for which they're receiving end-of-life care, be that in a care home or, or their own home, but who is attended to by other healthcare professionals like Macmillan nurses or healthcare assistants or, or physician associates or even paramedics um, may not have seen a doctor within 28 days, but the cause of death is clear to everyone. And that will, I, I strongly feel, be very valuable in accelerating the process of uh, death certification and registration, which has family fundamentally at the heart of this. This process is intended to make sure that the sim process is as simple as possible, so that at a time of great need for fa families to be able to proceed with their funeral arrangements where they can. I think it would also help in cases where you know, a patient has seen many different GPs over the last couple of years. Um, but the most recent one just happens to be not available for some reason. Maybe they're sick, maybe they're on leave or on holiday and not available to sign the certificate. It means that one of the other GPs who saw the patient would be able to write the certificate, even if they hadn't seen them most recently. And of course, they would have access, access to the medical record. Uh, we're not asking them to pluck this out of thin air. They'd be able to review the record that all the healthcare professionals involved in the care of the patient had written and then decide whether they're able to issue a certificate based on that. Okay, we've we've talked about the some of the principles and benefits and safeguards of, the, of that new system. It might be helpful to talk a little bit about how the new MCCD and process will work as we understand it at the moment. Um, can we talk a little bit about what we think the process is going to be and how it's different to current arrangements which people are so familiar with? Yes, thanks, Nick. I think the first thing to say is that the way that uh, the regulations are framed, that colleagues should be reassured that 
there will be lots that are very much the same as now. And the way things are set up in terms of office configuration and processes will be the same, but there are some improvements, some, some simplifications here, which I, I, I strongly feel will be really helpful to people. Um, perhaps I should, it's best to separate these into two categories. The first of which is when coroner notification is not needed. That is when the cause of death is both known and natural. Uh, in those cases, following notification of the death to the medical examiner office, there must still be the principles of scrutiny, that is, portionate review of relevant medical records, interaction with an attending practitioner, not necessarily in person or verbally, it could be in writing, and discussion with the next of kin or appropriate representative. When that's complete and a medical certificate of cause of death is written and signed by the attending practitioner, the medical examiner will sign their declaration on the MCCD. That will then be transmitted to the register office where registration can follow. There's a key difference, however, at this point that where the register office may have a query about what is written or some new information comes to them, they will revert back to the medical examiner office. This is a really important change. Their requirement currently to notify a coroner with a form 52 will be removed. They will not have the, uh, the requirement to notify a coroner if they have a query. It will come back to the medical examiner office and the medical examiner office will consider that and uh, either arrange for amendment or uh, in, in advise the registrar that registration should proceed. So it's anticipated that the medical certificate of cause of death will be available in several formats. There will be a paper version. It's expected there'll be a PDF version that you can complete on the computer. And at some point there will be a digitised version which can be filled in online. Susie, can we just talk a little bit about how we how we think the new MCCD will differ from the existing MCCD? The new MCCD will look a lot like the old one, the current one, um, but there'll be a few changes. The first is the addition of 1D, so we'll have 1A, B, C, D, and that just brings it into line with international practice. Um, it's not really changing anything. There will be a box for adding the ethnicity of the deceased, and it's important that should be self-declared by the deceased while they were alive. And so normally you would find that in the hospital record or the, the medical notes. It's not something to be asking the next of kin or the bereaved when you speak to them. So there will be the option to have unknown on that. There will be a question about any medical devices such as pacemakers um, or you know, any, any medical device that's been inserted. And we'll mention that a little bit later. There'll be a question about whether the deceased was pregnant at the time of their death. And of course, there will be a medical examiner signature at the bottom, which is new. But those are the main changes. And there will be similar changes to the neonatal MCCD. And I think I'm right in saying that um, things like the devices um, and the ethnicity, that's for the qualified attending practitioner to complete, I think. Isn't that right? So everything on the MCCD is for the, the attending practitioner to complete, apart from the medical examiner who signs it off once it's been completed. Yes. 
Can I return to the cases where a medical certificate of cause of death is to be written, but there had been a coroner notification initially? In those circumstances where the coroner determines there is no need for a further investigation or a post-mortem examination and a medical certificate is intended to be written, then that will return to the medical examiner office as it does now. The important distinction is that there will be no Form 100A. The relevant government departments are working on the, a standard method of communication between the coroner and the medical examiner offices, but that uh, to be determined yet. For the time being, though, the important point is that the, the case will come back for the completion of scrutiny with the medical examiner. I think that's really important and that's quite different from what we do at the moment. But of course, if you think that the if the registrar has any concerns, they're going to refer them back to the medical examiner office, not to the coroner. It means they do not need that form 100A from the coroner because they will be accepting um, the cause of death after it's been scrutiny has been completed by the medical examiner. That's correct. There will be no communication between the coroner and the registrar direct on those cases. How different do you think the work of medical examiners and officers will be in the statutory medical examiner system? I don't think it will be very different at all, really. I think medical examiner offices have been working towards full implementation for several years now, um, and they're doing increasing numbers of community deaths. And hopefully by the time we get to the change to the statutory system, it will actually be minimal um, in terms of the, the differences. Medical examiners will still speak to the attending doctor, they'll still read the medical record, and they'll still talk to bereaved families um, and none of that will change. I agree Susie, uh, from my point of view the reason that we've had the opportunity to develop the, the system and the implementation we have for the last four years means that we will be able to transition as seamlessly as we can and from what I understand of the, the draft regulations so far uh, there are no significant changes to the way in which practices are going to be. I think that's really important that offices know that they won't have to alter what they're doing now substantially. But there are, of course, as we've recently communicated, a couple of things that uh, colleagues will need to know about because the statutory system means there's going to be a, a couple of changes. We still don't know the exact date when the medical examiner system is going to become statutory. Why is that? Yeah, thank you. Uh, this is, of course, a government decision. Therefore, ministers need to decide the exact date that the statutory system commences. What we do know, though, is that there have been some clear announcements made in the written ministerial statement on the 26th of April of this year. And no change that I'm aware of from the timetable that was set out there. That is commencing primary legislation, which is the first significant firm commitment to the statutory system in the autumn. Publication of draft regulations in the autumn so that people have advance notice of what the system is going to be. And uh, then the normal parliamentary process that legislation has to go through a an approval process through Parliament before statutory system can commence, which, as I understand it, is still from April 2024.
I think it's reassuring that the Secretary of State uh, mentioned in his, his statement to Parliament on September the 4th um, that medical examiners were um, part of the response to the or likely to be part of the response to the inquiry to the crimes of Lucy Letby. Um, and I just think um, that just confirming the importance of medical examiners in patient safety um, emphasises how important they are and, you know, and that this will be implemented next year. I quite agree. And this also requires some su supplementary changes from other government departments regulations whose support for this system, because it isn't just about medical examiners, it's about death certification reform as a whole. So it is a little more complex than a single switch on of a medical examiner system. The other government departments support is highly significant here. OK, um, moving on, we were talking about the how much of the work of medical examiners is, is basically going to continue as is. But there is something new um, that was mentioned in Alan's communication to lead medical examiners on the 12th of September. Um, could could we just explain a little bit about the medical examiner certificate that was mentioned there? Thank you. Uh, that's right. The medical examiner medical certificate of cause of death is included in primary legislation in the Coroners and Justice Act 2009. So it has always been a provision available. I think there are two important, really important points about this. Uh, legislation has two primary functions, the first of which is to try and help the, the people it serves, particularly in this case, bereaved people. Um, it is in everybody's best interest, especially bereaved people's interest, that they are able to register a death that is of the, a loved one that is uh, of a natural and known cause as quickly as possible so that they can proceed with their funeral arrangements. Uh, and the opportunity for a medical examiner at MCCD can facilitate that in certain circumstances where there is no available practitioner around uh, to complete the certificate in a timely manner. The other important thing is that we need to make sure that there is safeguards and, in, and protection for, for the system and bereaved people too. Um, this provision has an opportunity to do that if it's implemented correctly, and that's why we we, we wanted colleagues to be to have that uh, drawn to their attention through the communication we put out. Okay, that's very helpful. There, there is a lot of pressure on the um, medical examiner system and other parts of the death certification proce process at the moment, so it's difficult to find doctors to complete MCCDs. There are pressures on registrars, pressures on coroners. What's to stop this new medical examiner certificate, which sounds very convenient, but what's to stop it becoming almost a default option? And what will be the impact on medical examiner offices as a result? I think it will be made very clear from the outset um, and it will be set out in legislation and guidance that the medical examiner medical certificate of cause of death will only be used in exceptional exceptional circumstances. So by no means can it be the default um, where attempts to identify an attending practitioner being completely exhausted by the referring practitioner and 
importantly, only a senior coroner can refer the death for certification by the medical examiner. So the case would have to go to the coroner first. And those exceptional circumstances would be where, for example, there's no medical practitioner who fulfills the attending criteria. The cause of death has to be known and be natural. And there is no indication that the case needs to be referred to the coroner. And we've all come across those sorts of circumstances where the cause of death is known, nobody has any concerns, but there just is nobody legally who can currently issue. So now in those exceptional circumstances, once a coroner has reviewed the case and decided that investigation is not required and the cause of death is known, the senior coroner can refer that back to the medical examiner. But by no means is it going to be an easy way out and it shouldn't really be happening very often. I, I agree, Susie. The important point is that the coroner makes a decision that the death has no unnatural features and it, that the case is then passed to the medical examiner to determine if a natural and known cause of death can be established to the comfort and satisfaction of a medical examiner because it's really important that a medical examiner feels confident that they can complete a medical certificate of cause of death and certify the cause to the best of their knowledge and belief. It is also important that they are furnished with all the right information. So I'm pleased that the regulations could enable coroners to pass information that they have to the medical examiner to help inform this uh, two-way decision and protect patients and all involved in the process. That is all very helpful. Um, another question I suppose people might have about this is that whereas with a normal medical certificate of cause of death, you've got a qualified attending practitioner completing it and a second pair of eyes from the medical examiner. With the medical examiner certificate, there'll only be the medical examiner completing it. How can we be sure deaths are still properly scrutinised if medical examiners are certifying the death? Scrutiny process will be the same in terms of a portionate review of relevant medical records and an interaction with bereaved people. There may or may not be an interaction with an attending practitioner, but in my view, the really important safeguard is that the coroner, as an independent judicial officer, is that second pair of eyes to ensure those safeguards and protect people. So will medical examiners have a chance to influence the design of the medical examiner certificate? Yes, it's my understanding that uh, the Department of Health and Social Care have uh, shared the information to enable involvement of medical examiners in shaping the design. They are of course going to be core components that, that are essential, but there is an opportunity to become involved and uh, help shape and design the medical examiner MCCD. So. I think a question for Alan, um, will you provide more information about the statutory system? Of course, it's so important that all stakeholders are aware of the, the implications. Uh, one important thing to consider is that regulations are inevitably legal statements, which are uh, not easy sometimes to, uh, to go through and appreciate all the implications. So for that reason, alongside the publication of regulation, draft regulations, we will need to provide clear and simple communications 
as will other government departments and stakeholders to help people understand what the new process will look like. Plain language summaries, flowcharts, working with, with partners are going to be essential and we are ready to have those out there as soon as we know. And of course, from a college point of view, we'll be updating training materials, the frequently asked questions on the website, um, and everything that's going to be affected by the statutory system. And we're also currently planning an online information sharing event, hopefully in the new year, where the draft regulations and the implications for medical examiner services can be discussed and delegates will have the opportunity to ask questions. Thank you. That's all really helpful, I think. And um, there are some some other changes which are um, set out in regulations for medical examiners and um, it'd be helpful, I think, to talk about those and what we think the implications are for medical examiners. So um, can I ask for your views on well, a description and your, your views on, on what those really mean? Thanks, Nick. I think it's important that we uh, we recognise that there are going to be some terms and conditions for medical examiners undertaking their duties. I mean, these are, of course, really important to provide some quality assurance and uh, uh, acceptable practice. But there's nothing really surprising or controversial in this. Uh, for example, the medical examiner must be a registered medical practitioner with a licence to practise having practiced within the last five years, which includes being as a medical examiner. Uh, and therefore, those medical examiners who are currently in post can know that their jobs are safe. It will also be a requirement for medical examiners to have undergone appropriate training requirements, which are set out in the legislation. Again, that's not changing from the way things are now, uh, noting that that uh, the face-to-face -face component is uh, can be completed within the time frame following appointment. I would also draw attention to that, again, nothing controversial, I don't think, that if a medical examiner has some fitness to practice concerns raised about them, that that would preclude them working as a medical examiner until those are clarified on a case-by-case -case basis to the best of their knowledge and belief. Thank you. There's some there's some other areas I think people will be um, very interested in, um, which will particularly relate to cremations, I'm sure. And um, Susie, you mentioned earlier on about the inclusion of um, devices uh, or a new section on devices in the new MCCD. Um, is there anything more we can say about that and about, you know, who's going to be responsible for completing it? So it was originally announced that cremation forms would just go completely and crematorium medical referees who are the um, licensed doctors who review all applications for cremation would cease to have a role when the medical examiner system became statutory. That hasn't yet been finalised. Uh, people will be aware that cremation form five was dropped during the pandemic and it hasn't come back. So at the moment, we're just we just have cremation form four. It is still anticipated that cremation forms will no longer be required once the medical examiner system becomes statutory. But the Ministry of Justice has said that there will be a transition period for med crematorium medical referees who will remain in place uh, for a few months after the statutory system 
just to make sure that there is nothing that's falling between the gaps. Crematorium medical referees assess all of the cremation forms, not just cremation form four. So they will have a look at the application um, from the next of kin, for example, um, and information from the funeral director. So crematorium medical referees will stay in place for a short time. Uh, and a final decision about what will happen to them hasn't been made. The most important issue is that of medical devices. Um, and at the moment, cremation form four is where that information is usually recorded. And the responsibility for declaring that remains with the attending doctor. But instead of writing it on the cremation form, it will be a section on the new medical certificate of cause of death. So we're not asking anything different other than to record it at an earlier stage so that it's recorded for everybody um, rather than relying on it being on a cremation form later. So medical practitioners are usually familiar with the types of devices that um, cause difficulty and they just need to say whether or not those are present in the deceased. Thanks Susie. Just to add to that that in the cases where those rare event cases where a medical examiner completes an MCCD, it will have to be the medical examiner's responsibility for those certificates, that is the medical examiner's MCCD, not the attending practitioner's MCCD, uh, to declare whether there were any implanted devices. And that would have to be undertaken after a conscientious review of medical records looking at a chest x-ray report or a chest x-ray itself, for example. That's great. Thank you very much. Well, I think that's been a really helpful discussion and I hope people found the information we've provided helpful. Thank you. <laughs>